Welcome to What Makes You Tick by Lane Beachley, seven times world surfing champion. Lane loves to get inside the mind of champions and you're going to find out everything about them, including their motivation, their health and wellness habits, and so much more. Exclusively brought to you by Inner Origin, your ultimate online wellness marketplace. So Sharon Anyos, that's how we say it, right? Sharon Anyos. Perfect. Thank you. Um, so great to be speaking to you. It's, you know, it's awesome speaking to another world champion, a five times world champion boxer. I love how you, um, your title is like an intuitive guidance and success biohacker. We all need one of those. Author, independent mum of four boys, you open up your heart to a greater message of transparency to truth on label, which makes you the most perfect inner origin ambassador. And, uh, you believe the new breed of superhero bringing a platform that will be the next level of Amazon in wellness globally, which is the inner origin platform. Love that. Yeah. You, um, you inspire people. You make people realize that they are truly limitless and you encourage everyone to dream big. It is an awesome pleasure to be speaking to you today. Oh, thank you, Lane. I have to say the pleasure is all mine. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Um, I just it's just incredible to be just sharing some space with another pioneer of a, a male dominated sport that just really, you know, showed the world what, what capabilities women really do have when they just follow their passion. Hundred percent. So I like to start every uh, podcast with a little bit of breaking news. We, you know, in Origin, we're all about transparency. So I want you to share with me something that you've never shared publicly before. Oh, jeez, really? Yep. Um, so publicly. Okay. You're a bit of a talk, so you may have shared everything, but uh, there, must be, there must be something that you haven't shared with everybody. Yeah. Um, I would probably, you know, there's probably a couple of things. I would say probably the most proudest thing that I would share was that um, I have been alcohol-free for probably close to three years now Um, and I used to party just as hard as I used to train, (laughs) Uh, especially in my younger days. Um, But, yeah, it was definitely something that kind of stayed with me. It just became quite habitual that every night you'd be like opening up a bottle of wine or opening up some beer and off you'd go and um, I just really – um, close to three years ago now, just said enough's enough. I just I feel like there's so much of me that I'm missing and that I'm not tuned into and I've got a feeling that alcohol is the reason why. Um, and the other thing I would share is that I have a laughter that's so contagious that I love to make people laugh, especially if they're upset. I just I love to just see people laughing and really realise that life's not as serious as we all make it. Beautiful piece of advice. Um, Thank you for sharing. Thank you for sharing. Did you go to AA to get you off uh, alcohol or did you just have the willpower and the strength to do it yourself? No, I would have to say I went to SA, which is my initials. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, uh, I actually, I just, I just looked at my kids and just said, you know, I just, I'm, you're worth, you've just got, you're worth so much to me. I don't want to um, have you kind of growing up thinking that there's anything else to life apart from fun and excitement and laughter and adventure and um. I just I began meditating. I just started really going to who I was and I was really probably trans um, inspired by Gabrielle Bernstein when I so many years, like I turned 50 this year, Lane, which I'm so excited about and so proud of, but for so many years, you know, we're, t- we're taught to hide everything under the carpet, like just shove it behind a closet or hide it under the carpet and don't ever tell anyone and what you do behind closed doors stays behind closed doors and, you know, I've really understood that vulnerability is the new black and that when you can beat demons it's just so beautiful to share about it when I read about Gabrielle Bernstein uh, and her story I was like my gosh you've all I've got to do is say I'm living a life of sobriety and when you say it often enough it just it rings true it just rings so true and it just feels so good so was there was there a catalyst moment where you just went this is really sabotaging my relationships with my kids and my health and well-being and and as you say taking me away from who I truly am was there a particular moment where you just woke up to that one day yeah I think uh, it was just one one morning I'd woken up and I had kind of drank every sort of color of red the the night before and beer and whatever else and you know I, I was out you know partying and I um I woke up and just thought my kids are like mum I don't believe what you did last night and what you said and I'm like what 
And that was probably the big thing for me. It was like, never again. I just, I don't want to be that person. David um, has a lot of women. Yeah. <laughs> you weren't eating hamburgers. Sorry? You weren't eating hamburgers and being recorded. No, no. <laughs> Not at all. I think I must have slapped Anthony across the face when he tried to speak to me and, um, you know, I think I head, they said I headbutted the wall because I was so frustrated because no one could understand me. But I think I was so drunk I couldn't understand myself. And um, I think for me it was just uh, like what on earth? We, we become such habitual creatures and I think that was just a moment of what if I change my habits and what if the 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 things that get said to us all the time of <clears> – <throat> It's the little things that make the big things happen. And what if my habits that I had were all my little things and what if I just switched them to different habits and chose something different? Knowing that um, you know, there's an incredible saying that um, you know, bad habits are really easy to make and really hard to break and good habits are really hard to, to make and really easy to break. So I just kind of switched that around and just said, well, what if, what if good habits just became the, just the new normal and it was just simple? And that's kind of where I've come from. Mm. You know, you okay, like, well, yes, you look at all the pain you go through, you know, uh, whether it's as a kid and growing up, teenage years and into your 20s and your 30s and you kind of look back at everything and think if, if there's one thing, everything that's gone wrong in my life, if I was to change one thing, like what's the common denominator? The common denominator is always me. So I really got to let go of, you know, blaming anyone else for shitty relationships. It was like I'm the common denominator. Now, if there was one thing I could take out of my life that would really make a difference to how I could focus, see and create, what would that be? And alcohol was it. And I was like, that's, there we go. It's really easy to pin it. It's very hard for lots of people to do it. And I'm, I'm telling you, it took me like 47 years. Well, not 40. I wasn't drinking from the boob. So, you know, I'm, <laughs> so maybe 20-something years, I guess, you know what I mean? Yeah, more power to you. Well done. Yeah, well, let's go you. back a little bit in time because uh, you said as a 13-year-old that's when you set the goal to become a world champion and obviously it was an audacious and auspicious goal to set um, yeah. as an eight-year-old, I mean as a 13-year-old. Why did you set the goal and what was it at 13 that inspired this uh, this goal? So my dad just asked me a question because I think we're, I th- I, if I remember rightly, I think we're having a discussion about whether homework should be done. I believe it shouldn't. I believe that when school is done, the day is done, get out of my way. Um, and I think we're having a, a homework conversation. He said, and I think the question was, what on earth do you think you're going to do with your life? Um, and, and I just, because I wasn't going to do my homework, and I just said to him, you know, you know what, I just want to be the best in the world. I just want to be a champion of the world. Now, when I look back now, and realised that my my vision was I didn't want to be stuck in a box. I wanted to. I just and all, all I said to him was I think my fists will get will get me there, because I said I think my fists will get us there because he was my trainer. But I started doing karate with him. You know, I'd run in from school and just jump in the back of the line even when I wasn't supposed to, and I'd just start throwing kicks and punches and doing whatever everyone else was doing. And I started competing from the age of I think six or seven. Um, and I just kept winning and winning and winning. And I've kind of done like karate and then I did full contact karate. So it was me at 16 fighting women that were 30, 40 kilos heavier than me that were 30 and 40. And like I took out the world titles in that. And then I was fighting men and it was just like I just knew when I look back at everything that happened in my life, I thank my parents so much because every single bit of pain I went through taught me how to be tougher. Do you know what I mean? Taught me how to be resilient. Taught me how to cope. And you know, you, I don't think you can become a world champion in a in a fighting um, arena without knowing how to fight outside the arena. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So I think we're gifted with. I always say to people now that your your um, your pain is your purpose. It'll take you to a certain level um, of what your purpose is all about. No matter how bad that pain is, um, there's a reason for it. And when you can grasp that that's your gift. And that it's not something to kind of insult yourself about or put yourself down about or try and put other people about when you realize that's your gift and that's your ability to help others. Because I realized that life, my life isn't about me, you know, and I thought my life wasn't about me after I had kids, you know, because my dad would say, Your life's not about you anymore. You've got four kids. And for me, it's like my life probably has never been about me. And for so long, I made it all about me. And now it's about how do I impact other people? How do I, how do I pass on to thirteen-year-olds the messages that I had? Because I just knew that when I look back now, it was like I just wanted girls 
um, to be able to chase their dream no matter what it was. You know, it, you would be the same lane I could imagine for you to pick up a surfboard instead of going to a ballet class or to go and do, you know, something else. You know, a lot of people would have been quite surprised because it wasn't their normal thing. Mm, do you know absolutely. what I mean? No, and it wasn't, well, certainly wasn't encouraged. No. No. <laughs> so it's like. When you talk about, when you talk about um, talking about pain and it, and it being your purpose, how do you actually get people to buy into that and believe it? Well, it's funny because I, I work with people now one-on-one and in groups and it's quite amazing the transformation when, you know, some women and some men will come to me and they'll say, I've done so many things. Well, I don't judge anybody by what they've done at all. And I don't care what people have done. I really don't because we make a decision and we take action based on what we know at the time. Now it's, you know, and as stupid as some of those decisions are, that becomes your pain, right, which then becomes your purpose because then how do you show other people how not to do what you did or how to do what you did in a, in a level that will take you to the top of the world um, and make you be able to impact people in a positive way? Um, so when I talk about pain, some people, you know, that I've worked with, one woman, she couldn't even speak to me. She's like, for three months in our, on our coaching course, she's like, oh, when, when, when you find out what I used to do, when you find out, when you, I said, you know what, it doesn't bother me what you've done because whatever you've done has got you to the person that you are today and I think you're incredible. When she finally broke down and told me everything that she'd done, she's now utilising what she'd done to be able to sell courses and, and programs to teach other people. So it's about we, we come through this place of self, self-judgment, self which is usually criticised from all judgment that we grow up around. It's not, I'm not saying that in relation to our, your parents have said the wrong things. Your parents have just been programmed and they've been led to believe certain things based on how they were raised. And then we, we have this program of what's right and what's wrong and then, you know, our brain just deletes, deletes distorts and, and generalises what it can see that fits along with what you're openly visual to. Um, so when you kind of broaden that out and just say to people, like, you've just got to go into a space and when you start looking at when they talk about little bits of pain and you go, so if you didn't go through that pain, where would you be now? And look at your child and look at your family and look at this, look at that. And you start to point out the good things that have come of it and how amazing these people are. And like when somebody rings you up and says, I want to pay you money to work with you. They're serious about wanting to have change. They just don't know how because the school system doesn't teach us how. The school teaches us stuff that we have to try and remember to be successful, but it doesn't teach us strategies on how to cope with life. So when someone comes to you and wants to pay you money and says, I need you to help me, and when I say, what would you like to do? You know, I just had another woman on a call before this podcast and she's like, well, I've been around exercise, nutrition all my life and, you know, maybe that's what I'm good at. And I'm like, well, does it set, set your life on? Like, does it really set you alight and excite you? And she said, not at all. I said, well, wipe that off the board. That's the last thing you want to do. Do you know what I mean? But we also go back to what we think we know and that's what we've got to be good at. No, go and find what makes you feel great and it excites you. And when you've experienced so much pain, there's there's a lot of purpose inside there to help others either get through that pain quicker um, or to not experience it at all. Mm. What was one of your most painful moments? <clears throat> um, in which part? <laughs> well, let's go back to your boxing career. <laughs> Do you remember one of your – well, actually, let me reframe that that question. What was one of your greatest failures? Oh, that's incredible. Um, that's incredible. Um, I think my greatest failure – I think my greatest failure was um, when I actually left my dad and went training with um, with other trainers. I think that was my greatest failure because it um, – you go through these stages where we think, well, I don't need you, you know. We, uh-huh. especially Were you a teenager at the time? Sorry? Were you a teenager? You know how teenagers get to that point or in their early 20s, like, okay, I don't need my parents anymore. Yeah. You know, it's not cool to hang out with your parents. Yeah, 100%. I think I was already saying that to my dad at 15. Like I was just like, even though I trained with him all the time, like I had a, a school teacher back in year 10 to say to me um, uh, that this year you will only get put up into year 11. It was actually the headmaster of the school. You'll only get put up into year 11 if you give up this stupid dream of being a world champion and stop training every single night and just focus on your schoolwork. Were they saying it was a distraction from your studies like they did with me? <laughs> <laughs> it's a distraction from your studies it'll amount to nothing yes exactly and then and what was even more exciting which so, so her words were um 
her words were, you'll either stop all this stupidity and focus on your studies and I'll put you up into year 11 or I'm going to keep you down into year 10 for as long as I need to. And I just said, could I just have a couple of days to talk to my parents? And she said yes. And I left the um, principal's office thinking, how am I going to do this? And by the time I got home and had the conversation with my parents, I was in, in another school the, the very next day. Like wow. they were just like, let's just go. This is what – and I'm very, very blessed because when I say about um, when I left my dad, um, what I, I'm really blessed. My parents have always believed in me, right, even though, you know, sometimes it would be like, well, couldn't you just do this? When I, I was working as a um, – I was working – it's now called Centrelink, but way back then it was um, Department of Social Security and I was an investigator. <clears throat> and I remember coming home and saying to mum, you know, look – I'm nearly, I think I was 28 or something at the time, 29, and I just said, look, I still just want to be the best in the world. I still, like, remember, now this is, I'm 28, 29 now, and I first said it when I was 13, and I'd won some world titles in karate, but, you know, I want to be kickboxing world champion, a Muay Thai world champion, a boxing world champion. Look, I, I, boxing hadn't actually come into my face just then. It was mostly kickboxing and Muay Thai, and I said to mum, everybody's taking packages, and I know that I should stay there because the ink pays really good, and I know that you know what I'm here for because this is what you're taught in school is stay in a space and work and get really good at it and get paid good money, and then you'll be successful, right? We've all been fed that stuff, and my mum said to me when she said, Sharon, when you turn eighty, tell me, all your grandkids are sitting around your feet. Would you like to tell them I could have been or I was? And I just looked at her and said, why do you just make so much sense all the time? <laughs> every, every, you know, I got offered to um, do a completely nude photo shoot as well for Penthouse um, oh. and like way back when. And she said the same thing to me. She said, when mm. you're 80 and your grandkids are around your feet, what would you like to be showing them? And I was like, mm, probably nudes of me. Me nude? Yeah. <laughs> it's probably not going to go down. <laughs> No, and I'm look, thinking, I mean, look at how good my body is. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I was saying. But I was, I was like, I was pretty proud of my body at the time. And I, yeah. I was like, you know, that's Check like, it's going to be like, it's going to be like a hundred <laughs> grandmum. Like, we really need that. And she's like, we can live on noodles. We'll be fine. But oh, just, you can, Graham, but I can't. <laughs> but it just, um, yeah, it's just incredible how she just simply makes sense. But you know, it didn't matter. I could have said yes to the the photo shoot, and she would have said, yeah, let's do it. What time do I need to get you there? You know, she's amazing, but she just gets you to stop you and think. You make a choice. When I, when I look at, you know, my dad was my trainer for so long um, and we used to fight like cat and dog and he would say, you can't speak to me like that. I'm your father. And I would say, right now you're my trainer. <laughs> this, is, this is exactly how I'm firing the gun. Like this is, this is the line of talk I'm in because um, I was just, sometimes he would just drive me crazy. Um, and then when I, you know, kind of decided, you know, I got into a relationship and, kind of got distracted and led in a different direction and you know um I just I think they're the moments where I say to now I say to so many women when your parents say something to you about a relationship they're not saying it to you and so this to me is um is pain right because for four years I was in a relationship that was very very painful and it pulled me apart from my family um it was just I was an emotional wreck um and I look at that now and I just say to women, one, you don't need to belong to a woman to be, uh, to a man to be complete, mm-hmm. right? You don't need that. We've, we've oh. been brought up thinking you have to get married and have the white picket fence and everything else. You don't need that. When you fall in love and you're in love, like, trust me, it won't always be perfect, but that's when you're in the, that's when you go and be in that space. But, um, you know, I just, when you're, when your parents say something to you about a, a business partner or a person or someone that you're in a relationship with, most parents, 99% of parents, I truly believe, want the best for their kids. Mm. So when they say something, they're actually saying it from their heart, not because they don't want you to be happy, but they can see they've been here for a lot longer than us and they can see the fork in the road and they can see where the damage is going to get done. Well, they've been there before, right? You're learning from others as opposed to being exactly. stubborn enough just to only learn from your own mistakes and your so own we, choices. Yes. So we say to our parents, well, you're just an idiot and I'm not going to listen to you, yet we'll go, <laughs> we'll go and pay coaches like money to get them to give us their stuff, but they don't have the same invested interest and your parents just want to see you happy. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that was probably, that would have been one of my biggest, my biggest 
pain moments that has really become a, a part of purpose. It's like listen to the people that love you because they're speaking from their heart. They might be telling you something about business. They may not have any business sense at all. Go and get that backed up. So I did a process um, in one of my – I did a program and it was about um, – it was like take someone that you look up to in this world that you think is incredible and then take someone who you feel um, is holding you back somehow. And funny enough, I love my mum to pieces. Um, funny enough, I had Oprah Winfrey in one hand and my mum in the other, right? Oh, wow. And it wasn't because I felt my mum held me back. I just felt, mum, you can be so much stronger in so many ways because of like she's just an incredible woman, right? And I just mm. – I just, I just felt like I was stuck on this. So then we had to stack up all the different um, personalities and reasons and passions these, these, the, each person had and what to get them to where they wanted to get to. When I got to the top of the stack, I realised that my mum was exactly the same as Oprah Winfrey, right, that she wanted to make an impact. She always wanted to be there. She wanted to change lives but her passion was in her family and Oprah Winfrey's was in the world. Mm. And it just made me understand that my mum was my, – my mum still turns up and picks up my washing. What? Right? She's still, I have four kids. I, like my house is crazy. She's still, that's her way as a mum to be able to help me and as a grandma to be able to help the kids to make sure their washing is always beautiful. It smells great. It's not left on the line for a couple of days. <laughs> yeah. Gets <laughs> washed in the rain again. Gets, that is so out again. gets washed again. Gets dried out again. Don't worry. <laughs> just, just go and just Get- pull it off. <laughs> Pick whatever you want off the line. Hey, it may have faded, but it lives, it smells good. Just don't buy black. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, you know, I like I look at that kind of thing and she's like, it's my way of being able to help you. It's oh, my way thanks, of being Mom. able to do something for my kids, my grandkids. And, you know, so, yeah, it's, it's amazing. Lovely. Well, you've picked a career where you get beaten up for a living. So talk to me about the beginning of your career. Were there any obstacles that really stood in your way and that made you even question whether boxing was the right profession for you? Yeah, there, there definitely was. I, I do recall like I'd been doing karate and then um, like touch contact kickboxing when that first came in. With Some people may actually remember we used to have these bright yellow kind of kick pads and big puffy gloves um, and you could just kind of just tap someone and then move away from them. Um, so I'd kind of been through everything. And when it come to um, like boxing, I was meant to actually fight over in Japan and they said to me I need to send over um, my last five fights via video back in those days. Do you remember those? Anyone remember the days we had to send a video in the mail? <laughs> how, how, actually, I just remember the days how hard it was to even get someone to video you, to do, you know, to well, for me, it's someone to stand on the beach and video me I had a friend who actually worked behind well she was a producer had no idea how to shoot a camera and uh, ended up videoing the ocean and the sky just couldn't even find me so at least you're in a ring (laughs) where people can easily find you so that was good but then yeah then downloading it onto a floppy disk and having to send that in the mail is that that how you sent it it was a big chunky kind of um cassette deck that you would shove into but um, so we were all set ready to, ready to go and fight for a, a world title in um, in Muay Thai. Um, oh, it might have actually been, yeah, it was actually, it was Muay Thai. So I'd already kind of won in karate and kickboxing and now it was into Muay Thai. And um, the day that we had all the press coming and it was Joe Bugner getting ready for, so those who love boxing and know boxing, Aussie Joe is the heavyweight champion from you know, way back when. And, you know, he was a, um, a first uh white or Caucasian guy to go the distance twice with Muhammad Ali. Uh, he's actually Hungarian and so is my dad, so he's kind of like an uncle. We all just become related. Um, but he was actually training out of our gym and he had a big fight coming up on Independence Day the same year. And all the video, uh, like all the news um, the news cameras and everything had turned up to the gym and Dad's on the phone and next thing you know I'm getting pulled out to the side and Dad said, the fight's just fallen through. And I said, What? And he said, the fight's just fallen through and this would happen to me quite a bit. And I'm like, how could it fall through? It's for a world title. And he said, no, they've got your, your footage. And they said that she's retired. She's never going to fight you. And I said, well, if she's retired, just let's fight someone else. And he goes, oh, I tried that. They just said, no, there's no more world champions coming out of, um, out of Japan. And it wasn't until I moved to something else that she come back in and started fighting again. But 
Dad she went, didn't want to fight you. Not at all. Not at all. Dad went up to Joe and just said, what am I going to do? And Joe just said, just put on my show. Just get to get, keep her legs on the ground. She can box. Don't worry about it. We'll, we'll work it out. She's got four weeks. And Dad's like, oh, my gosh, she doesn't listen. <laughs> she doesn't oh, even wow. listen when I say one thing, let alone keep your legs on the ground. Because remember, I've gone from kickboxing and Muay Thai, so I'm used to knee oh, yeah. elbow and people in the head, just, just everything short of trying to bite them, I think. I think, um, but I think now in MMA you can kind of do everything. So I think they've taken it to a yeah. different level. But I remember we had to go up to the, um, you know, the boxing federation or the boxing, you know, council of men that wore really old suits. It was like, oh my gosh, it was just like something out of definitely out of the Million Dollar Baby movie. And they would be asking you crazy questions like, well, what would happen if the if the referee actually touched accidentally touched you on the breasts and to move you apart you could you could sue him for and I'm like, you serious? I don't even have any. Forget that. Move next thing. Do you know what I mean? Like keep going and then I remember they kind of they'd said all right let's go you can do it you can fight on Joe's undercard and um so I was going to be so there was um when when you talk about undercards just say you've got Joe Bugner who's the main fight then you've normally got a, a one under him who's a preliminary main so they're like two really powerful fights well I was the next one under that so that's how high up the card I got as a woman wow. which was pretty big but then the boxing federation stepped into the change rooms and just said you know we're, we're actually not going to sanction this it was getting aired into the USA because he was fighting Bone Crusher Smith it was getting aired into the UK <clears throat> um as well as in Australia and they just said um we're not we're not actually going to um sanction this so you may as well just pack up and go and dad I just see the wind just get knocked out of him and I was like oh shit what do I do and I said you know what follow me dad and he goes let's get our gear kid and I was like oh don't worry about the gear just come with me and he's just shrugged his shoulders at these guys and just said I don't know what she's up to and I've just started walking he's followed me he's like what are we doing I'm walking um out to the ring and he's like where are you going and I said, just follow me. And I got up into the ring and he's like, what the hell is she doing? And I just grabbed the microphone and I just said, listen, I want to be in here and I want to show you what women can do. I want to show you what two really powerful female athletes can do, how good we can fight, how we can fight like men. Apparently some people don't want us in here. So I'm in here. So you let me know. Do you want us to go ahead or you want us to get out? And the crowd went crazy. And my what? dad just said... <laughs> Could only be you. Yeah. <laughs> Could only be you. So it made a, it made a pretty big impact. It was like you never think of there's going to be a wall that you have to climb when you're doing everything that you're supposed to do. You just think everything's run exactly how it's meant to run. Everything's going to be perfect. So when the wall hits and your gut and your mind says to do something, follow that. As long as it doesn't hurt somebody else. Mm. Um, always follow that because I think there's been so many times in my career where I've had big walls come up. And it's like Dad and I just got great at well, – I always say that we got great at high jump. We just either jumped over it, ran around it. We just – and I'm sure you would have come up against the same thing. Yes, yeah. And like you say, you you really have to dig deep and just trust in your gut and your intuition. And, and sometimes you have to challenge the status quo and go against every grain in everyone else's body. <laughs> you got to be a salmon swimming upstream. upstream. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And do you know what? That's what that what that's what creates champions. And I believe there are so many more champions out there. Many of them aren't seen because they're pushed to a point where they they can't speak or they can't take that step or can't trust their gut and follow that intuition and just go. You know what? I'm just going to do it anyway. You know, Roger yeah. Bannon. No one could do the four minute mile, and he did it right because he just kept going until he could. Now everyone can do it. They're doing it in uh, nearly half that time. It's crazy, but it's that whole thing of how do I just like to me, I just put in my head, whatever's in front of me is in my way of being the best in the world. So I've just got to eliminate that. Whatever the whatever the challenge, the issue, the problem is, I've just got to eliminate that. Did you have particular tools or strategies to eliminate these challenges? Or was it just punch them and knock them out? No. So I always had, so my dad used to always also say to me, don't fight the fight before it's here. And he'd yeah. always say it before I went to bed. And I know my dad is one smart man. I know he was setting me up the whole time because our brain doesn't pick up. So for every parent out there right now that says to your child, don't do that, don't hit your brother or your sister, don't drop that, don't do that, don't pick that up, they don't. our brain doesn't pick up that word don't. It just picks up the action word that's following. So mm. find a different way. Always, I always say focus on the outcome and always direct your child to do what you want them to do in the end. 
right? What the do you do that is. with your kids consistently? Because yeah. I can imagine with four kids, because it, it, it does take some practice, right, to stop yourself from reacting. Don't do that. Stop it. To yeah. then just taking a deep breath and literally asking yourself, what do I want them to do? And then taking the time to describe it that way or articulate that, articulate it that way. Yeah. And again, because we're raised in a way that you have to listen to what you're told, you have to listen to what you're told, you have to listen to what you're told. I'm, I'm actually hitting a chair because that's how I, I that. just, I watch so many parents with their kids and I'm like, where, where, I really believe that kids are here to teach us. Like, yeah. I really believe they are. So in, if the old way hasn't worked for the last, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 generations plus. Pick up <laughs> something new. What are we going to change? Yeah, exactly. Pick Who's up that dog new? in the background? Uh, that would be Odie. <laughs> okay. Funny, uh, Last time, the last interview I did was with Charlie Teo and his dog started barking in the background too. So <laughs> must, must be, be a, 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 yeah, it's a theme going on through these podcasts. There it was, it must was, be yeah. a dog barking in the background for it to be a legitimate in origin podcast. We we did we did stick the cockatiels <laughs> on the balcony. I was like, quick, 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 get the cockatiels out. Oh, I can't lock myself in a room now. And um, <laughs> so everyone's kind of got the aircon in one room. Everyone's hidden. No one's laid out the door. <laughs> Except Odie must have just gone mild to stay on the couch. No one will know. Yeah, Odie's out. Oh, um, dear. So I did. I yeah. did utilize uh, lots of strategies, and one of them was, you know, when I look, I looked back. Um, every time I, so when he would say, "Don't fight the fight before it's here," guaranteed I go to bed, lay down, and all of a sudden I'm getting punched in the face. I'd be like, "Oh, that's no good. It's already in my head. I'm not meant to fight it." And I'd be like, "No, you got to. Now you got to fight it because you've been hit, right?" So I'm having this whole visualized conversation with myself, and so I would just every single night, you know, he would say it again just before I went to bed. I'm like, "Ah, oh, stop saying that because whenever you say it, you make me do it." But he, he realized, <laughs> you, you know, make me do it. It's your <laughs> fault. <laughs> but what happened was, I, I even said to him, "It must have been about a year and a half ago." I said. Because I'm all about visualization. Like we all, we, we wake up every day and we focus on whatever's happened in the past. The subconscious remembers every single thing, remembers everything we've ever eaten, everything we've ever drank, every word we've ever said, everything everyone's ever said to us, every outfit we've ever worn, every outfit we've ever judged. It remembers everything. Everything is stuck in a little photo section in your, in your subconscious, right? Now that thing runs at about 900 miles an, an hour, like 900 million yeah. miles an hour. It's like, yeah, it processes between 40 to 70 million bits of information per second. Uh-huh. Massively, right? So it's crazy. But that's the only thing we, we know, right? Our, con- our, our, our conscious brain is our creative brain. I can write the book. I can be the world champion. Yeah, I can pick up the surfboard. I can do all those things 100%, 5% of the time, right? And that, that runs at about 40 miles an hour. Like it's really slow, right? But yeah. it just runs for a real short amount of time. So if all we're feeding ourselves and the more and more I learn, I went back to my dad and I was like, you're very, very clever because you always – he's a man of only a few words. I said, you knew exactly what you were doing. When you kept saying don't do that, you knew I would go and do that. And you also knew I don't like being beaten. So if I'm getting beaten while I'm trying to go to sleep, then I'm going to come back and fight them until I've knocked them out or I've hurt them or I've done whatever, I've been, become the winner. So because I visualised it consistently every single night because he said to me every single night, don't fight the fight before you get there. Right, because I visualized the outcome every night. Like, didn't matter how bad it I got, I was still holding that belt up at the end. And I can tell you, the only two fights that I've lost, um, I, I may have lost. There's two fights that I've lost. Um, were the two fights that I didn't do any visualization for? Mm. None of them. Reverse psychology. That's what he was using. Yes. And so that's when you really learnt the importance of having a vision. One hundred percent. I'd been working with it for probably the last eight to ten years, so I'd have vision in like so many different areas. You know, I've you know, reached the pinnacle of a direct in, in another direct selling company within um, sixteen, seven in seventeen months. Most people take four to eight years in the same company. Wow. So it was it was pretty amazing, um, and I just had so much passion to just light people up, like you know, not literally, but you know, to get them <laughs> to find what excites them in life, right? Yeah. Because so many people walk around. It's like I feel like some. Sometimes there's so many people that just walk around doing what they have to do just to pay the bills versus what if you just didn't stress about the bills and you did something that you loved and it just kind of happened. The whole part of visualisation, I now kind of go a lot deeper. There's lots of things that I have people saying to themselves. I get them doing, if people write right-handed, we're doing left-handed writing um, mm-hmm. because when you do things repetitively, remember I was talking earlier on the, in the podcast, I said it's the little habits that you do consistently every day that make the big things grow. Yep. Right, you little things, big things grow. <laughs> We're going to be coming <laughs> <with> that guitar. <laughs> Carry on. Yeah. Um, 
I'm not bringing out the recorder. Don't worry. Thanks. <laughs> so it's, I like I look at all that and I, I even with people that I work, some people aren't even my clients and they'll say something to me and I'll just say, so t- tell me three things that you'd love to see completely different. How would you like to see them right now? And it usually comes down to most people say I want to be loved, right? That's number one. And I say to people, you need to love you before anyone can love you. So instead of saying to yourself, I need to be loved, you need to, I need to be love. When I can give out love, I can receive love and I can receive it freely, right? But we didn't quite get that as kids. So that's what I'm really passionate about teaching so many youngsters about what it's like to just feel love for everything, right? So there's love, there's uh, vitality and health or wellness, and there's always money. It's, everyone feels guilty. So many, so many, so many people feel guilty about wanting to have money. And really? money is just an energy. It's an energy. Well, money is not that important. That's, I said, well, that's why you haven't got any because that's, yeah. you know, if you if you had, you're sitting there with three friends and one friend's about to walk up and that friend's name's money and you say, well, that, that's not really, that, that isn't really important, that friend's going to feel that energy. Guess what they're going to do? Turn around and walk away because they're going to feel that energy and they're not going to want to be around you. Money's the same. So people, I'll have people writing things with their left hand. It'll be affirmations of I am love, I am abundant, um, I am wealthy, and I am money. It could be I am power, I am assertive, I am creative because we're so busy telling ourselves all the things we're not, we forget what we are. And I get them to do that left-handed and seriously, I'm working with people that are champions in sport that are writing paragraphs and they're writing it 10 times a day and they normally write it before they go to bed because whatever you feed your brain before you go to sleep, you marinate on that stuff. So if you're feeding mm. your brain stuff around arguments or stressing about money or stressing about you know not being able to pay the mortgage or whatever it may be, guess what? When you wake up in the morning, another bill is going to come into your inbox or something's gonna, someone's going to knock on your door, something's going to happen, your kid's going to lose a tooth, not in a way that, you know, it's going to cost you money at the dentist. Um, you know, crazy things will happen that you would not have expected because that's a vibration you set yourself on. So I get people to write left-handed 10 times, um, whatever their affirmations are, whatever their feeling of what they want in their life, um, before they go to sleep and they'll in that space when they're going to sleep, you go and visualize what life is like if it was incredible but see it as if it's already here. Right. Add in what yes, you can you're smell. seeds in your subconscious mind. Yeah, add in what you can yeah. smell, what can you taste, who's laughing, who's swimming in the pool, what can you hear, what can you feel because you, your subconscious mind doesn't know true or false, wrong or right, just knows that it's constantly seeing it. It's got to bring it to, to matter, to reality because it's there all the time. And so it can't find it. It can find it in its ball, like it's in its photographs, but it can't see it in real life yet. So it's got to shift what's going on in the universe to make sure it happens. And so when you say you, you know, you, you're helping so many people doing so much incredibly powerful work and you're helping people find their vision, what's your vision now? Mm. So my vision is to inspire 10,000 people to step into a space where they can run their own business and have a multiple streams of income. Right, so being able to find what their spark is, we're not educating ourselves. We come out of school and disappear from education, right? Versus, let's go and learn something different. Let's go and learn something we want to know. So, for me to bring ten thousand leaders into the world that are inspiring other people to say yes to more is pretty pretty powerful. Very powerful. I know you like to get people to stay in touch with their inner child too and have fun because life gets to a little bit too serious. So one oh, of the other things that you encourage people to do is write the word fun with your bum. Yeah. <laughs> if I'm ever on a call, so I was on a podcast, you can, I was not a podcast, I was actually on um, uh, Inspired over in the UK the other night and I actually had the lady who was interviewing me, Shay, Ellie, we are both writing it while we're sitting down with our bum and it's, um, I'll yes. do it on nearly every call I get on. It's shish yeah. physiology. So <laughs> guess sure what, does. Lane? You want to do it in capitals or short, you want to do it in capitals or script? Well, I watched that video and I did it with you, so I've already done it. Awesome. Well, yeah, while we're still chatting, we can just do a script cursive of fun with our bum now while we're chatting. So let's go. Right, yeah. Okay. Let's go. I've got my F. My and I, I'm actually I'm lifting my bum, so it's going cursively. Oh, I'm very impressed. <laughs> my chair's that big and my butt's that small that I can do it. <laughs> what are other ways that you encourage people to get in touch with their inner child? Uh, I think laughter is probably the, the most amazing way and things like crazy things, you know, like go and play hide and seek with your kids. Go and play tiggy with your kids. If you don't have kids, do it with an animal. Do it with your partner. Like I think it's we become so, so fixated on we just got to get the next thing done, you know. Everyone has a to-do 
do. And when they, especially women, but you get to the end of the day, maybe you've ticked off seven out of your 500 things that you've put down, right? No, seriously, maybe 1% might celebrate the seven. The rest insult themselves for what they forgot. Even if they only forgot two things, they will insult themselves, put themselves down and beat themselves up for what they haven't done. So for me, it's like, if you only got one thing done today, celebrate that. You know, if you've got, if you made a mistake, celebrate that baby, because the more mistakes and the more you celebrate those, the quicker you learn because you don't get worried about what people think or if you're doing the right thing or the wrong thing. It's just like, what that didn't work, next thing. Um, but, yeah, like put music on. When it comes to getting in touch with the inner child, there's incredible meditations. I take people through meditations where I take them back to that whole inner child process, but there's lots of meditations on YouTube as well, just that whole inner child, or you can just go and start laughing. Seriously, put something on that makes you laugh. I've got a couple of um, things that I watch and one of them, they're all off YouTube because there's lots of crazy stuff. TikTok's just as crazy. But on YouTube, there's actually like it's like this, they all look really churchy. It looks like it's done in the 80s. But there's a guy standing up there talking about trust and he's blindfolded and they're saying, when I count to three, I just want you to fall. And everyone's standing behind him. When they count to three, he falls forward instead of backwards. (laughs) And catches him. Oh my goodness! And I tell you what, I lose. <laughs> I will send it to you, but I lose it every time I watch it. So if there's something if I if I'm if I can't kind of I can pretty much go into laughter about anything. But if I need something, those kind of things are hilarious. You might watch a cat do something stupid or a dog do something stupid. (laughs) Like just find a reason to laugh and when you become really present in the moment. So forget everything you've got to do in five minutes, ten minutes, an hour, two hours tomorrow or everything that's been done from now backwards and just come and be really present and be take a deep breath and slow down and just go, right, right now. Is is there really – hey? No, I was just going to say laughter is a, a very rapid way to, for well, to wellness, right? So yeah. it's a rapid pathway to wellness. Sorry, I interrupted Hugely. you. You were going to say. Yeah, no, that's perfect. And it, it definitely is because it starts to realign what's going on in the cells in your body. Mm. Fear and laughter are both, they're either wellness or not wellness. Anger, frustration, it just it depends which one. But the, the same thing as well, just take a big deep breath and when you breathe out and just go right in this very, very moment, what have I got to be really grateful for? And when you say that, and it might be the fact that you've actually got a roof over your head, might be the yeah. fact that you've got a meal in front of you. Like I think we we aim so high. You know, Sally Ann, the CEO and co-founder of Inner Origin, sent me a really beautiful thing from Instagram when all this started going down with what's going on in the world right now. And it was like I feel like Mother Nature has sent us all to our rooms to think about what we've done. Yeah. And I was like. Absolutely. This is just so beautiful because we everyone's chasing the next thing and how much more we can spend and what else we're going to buy and what else has to get made and you know I just I think it comes a time where you just get to slow down and we I think we've been given the greatest gift right now being kind of Absolutely. locked up in the house with the people that you love and if you're struggling you know for those that may be struggling right now <clears throat> or at any time being around the people that you you love just go back to the reason why you fell in love with someone Right, and look at all the things that made you laugh and make you feel good and made you giggle. And if you're not doing all the things you used to do in the beginning of your relationship, start doing them again. If you used to wear makeup because it made you feel good, go and do it again. If you used to wear beautiful underwear because it made you feel good, go and do it again. Do you know what I mean? We, we just get caught up in what the world is supposed to be like. And then our kids, we all love our kids so much. But here's a really big thing, Lane. We speak to our kids the way we would never even speak to someone who's driven us nuts that we don't even like. But we will yell at our kids and be really aggressive to our kids and angry. Yet somebody can go and really insult us and we don't say a word to them. Yeah. Right? So just switch that. Just mm. Yeah, you know, my kids speak quite freely. That's why they're kind of locked in a room. No one's being injured or hurt. Don't worry. <laughs> My kids will speak freely, you know. It's like if as adults, you know, people say, oh, my gosh, I don't believe your kids just say, said that. And I'm like, well, they're angry. If they're angry at each other, they need to find a way to sort that out. And by me telling them you can't say that, you can't do that, you can't have that, right now you're both in trouble, go to your room, whatever it may be, how do they ever learn? If you look at so many adults in the world, no one knows how to cope with emotions because we've had to shut them down for so long. That's why so many people drink bucket loads of alcohol or they take drugs or they overeat or whatever because they don't know how to cope with emotions versus letting stuff out and then going, oh, that probably wasn't the best way to say it, I'm really sorry and I love you or whatever it may be. Do you know what I mean? But we've we've got to be able to kind of give more coping mechanisms when it comes to emotions and stuff to kids and to adults. 
100%. And that's one of the things I feel the education system kind of lets us down or really lets us down is the lack of emotional intelligence that we yep. teach our kids. And then we've got all these leaders who have zero emotional intelligence and zero empathy and just become so outcome driven. And that's where we've led ourselves to in this point in time. So I love that that what you, yes. Shall, Sally Ann has shared with you in regards to, yes, this is Mother Nature saying, time out, you lot into yeah. your room and you go think about what you've done and you come out and apologize and and, and here's uh, another one here's another one that's really powerful too and it's just come straight into my, my energy space so I want to share it there's people out there that yell and scream at dogs and get really angry at animals and here's something mm. that I want to say an animal knows you by love right yeah. not by what you say or by what you do and it knows you by fear so if you need to have something fear you to get a result then you need to have a really big look in a mirror, yeah. right? Whether it's a child that has to fear you that if they do the wrong thing, they're going to get in trouble or they're going to get smacked or they're going to get sent to bed or they're going to get punished. Like we've, we've, I think we've just been in this world far too long that everything has to be punished to be correct. And then we wonder why we get to adulthood and things are all a bit skew if, you know, and things are going kind of pear-shaped. Just I always, you know, um, whether you say roomy or rummy, you know, this this – person who wrote this incredible poetry said love is the bridge right and I say love is the bridge between you and everything you want no matter what it is and no matter how hurtful it is you have to love back for it to start to change and it actually comes from a guy back in the 1700s whose father was a um, head of a church right but mm, he yeah. was a guy back then talking about so if you are you am I most people will probably already know who that you know has have maybe seen the quotes Go and look at them. They're so real. It's all about going inside, reflecting on yourself, coming from a space of love. Everything comes from love and I think so many people miss that. Yeah, I agree. Well, thankfully there's people like you out there that are helping people reconnect with that that aspect of themselves. So to that point, I'd love to ask you around the people that you work with or actually how do you get people to want to change? I mean, if you want people, if you want 10,000 people to step up and to become leaders and, and to change the world, how do you make them want to do that? Okay, that's a really great question. And the biggest, the biggest thing is, is you've got to find out what the pain points are. It's so easy in this whole world of showing everything under the carpet that we just pretend everything's perfect exactly as it is. Like I always say we're perfect for wherever we are on the journey. Right now you're in, you are perfect, right? But the biggest thing is, is if somebody says they want to change, like they want to make more money or they want to, you know, lose some weight or whatever it may be, most people don't get clear on that. So they don't, when people are in pain, that's when they'll move. So somebody wants to lose 40, 50, 60 kilos and you don't kind of go, well, how long has it been there and how is it affecting you and start asking more questions and get deeper and deeper into the conversation, actually care for people to find out more and to give them ways that they could utilise for a solution, you're never going to get anywhere, mm. right? Because it's easy for me to go, you know, it's easy to go, oh, so I'm overweight and I'm not going to worry about it right now because I've got so many other things I need to get done. I'll be last, right? It's going to be great when we're not breathing anymore because we haven't looked after ourselves. But the thing is, is when you stop and say, so how long have you been, how, how overweight are you? How long have you been overweight? Like, and now tell me how that impacts you as a parent. How does that impact you with your kids? Tell me more. How does it impact you in your relationship? How does it impact you in your intimacy? So start, you need to just you need to, when I say 10,000 people, it means there's 10,000 very deep conversations and whether it's directly through me or indirectly through me, that 10,000 people will become real because this is about teaching people how to connect to people. We've forgotten about that. I cannot tell you how many messages I get where people just want to hit me with a business opportunity or something else and they don't even know who I am, right? I'm just someone on their list and it's just like, just stop and get to know people. Some people, you'll look at them and you'll go, you know what, maybe you want to come and take a look at this. And, you know, I am I feel really blessed because <clears throat> I have conversations with the, the universe, the sky, God, whatever you want to call it, right? So I'm just yep. kind of opening it up for everybody so no one is left out. Um, and I just, I just say things, you know, like I, I said, so many people are like, well, when we're manifesting and I'm like, perfect, I'm actually going to do that because I teach people how to do that. And I'm just going to, I know that I bring so much in. It's incredible. Again, when we want to be able to make money, sometimes we only focus on what comes in our bank, not what's given to us or gifted to us or when somebody pays for our meal or whatever it may be. We never look at any of that. So we're, the universe is trying to give you stuff and we keep ignoring it, right? Mm. But I said to the universe, I just, you know, this is probably, I don't know, eight or seven, eight months ago. Okay, um, you can give me a sign. I know I've had plenty, but I just want you to reassure what, like, and I said um, I had 
just been um, st- just started with In Origin because one of the things I'd said is, um, you know, I'm impacting people when I'm doing one-on-one calls, but it takes a lot of time. Yep. How do I impact more people? How do I get messages to more people? And how do I start to change people's lives at a quicker rate and do one to many? You know, and before I knew it, In Origin was like sitting in my lap. And not only did I, you know, go and sit with Trees Care and, you know, learn more about chemical toxicity and really be able to look around what was happening inside my own house and go, my gosh, my, we are all toxic, right? Yeah. Inside yeah. our bodies, we are all toxic and it's really impacting some of my kids. Um, to then step up and get an opportunity to become a brand ambassador and then a global brand ambassador and it's like within origin. But this this one day I just said, just show me I'm on the right path. <clears throat> so here's what I want you to do, universe, God, source, whatever you want to call them or her. I just said, you know what, just show me today that I'm on the right path and that the vision that I have with uh, within Origin and moving one to many and being able to impact people in such a greater way, um, show me that, that I'm on the right path. And you can do that by giving me either $1,500 or $2,000 in my bank by the end of the day. That would be amazing. And I just let it go, <laughs> right? And that I would be amazing. I was like, yeah. So then I had, it was about an hour and a half later, I had to jump on a call with a client who actually was a family member and I hadn't asked them for any money because I didn't want to, right? And mm. as soon as I got on the call, and it's a video call, she said, before you speak, I need your bank account details. I was like, right. Normally I'll say, no, don't worry. So I've learnt to mm. shut up because, again, yeah, shut up. good. Right? Mm. And I just said, yeah, okay, what for? And she said, because I really want to honour the work that you're doing with me and you're making a big difference in my life and I want to give you to start off with uh, $1,500, $2,000 in your bank and I was going to transfer it tonight. Um, just And you can't say no, I just need your bank details because I want this to be a, your coaching and you're working with me. And all I did was just went, I would really love that. Thank you so <laughs> much for wanting to honour me. Normally, I would have said, no, 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 which is you telling God or the universe, don't worry about it. And I just I just went into a space of complete gratitude and appreciation. Mm. Do you know what I'm I mean? I'm on the so, right path. Yeah. And so we're always up. We're asking for, for signals. Here's a, here's a really good one for all you ladies out there that you're dating someone or you start dating someone or there's someone that you got the hots for and you say, give me a sign that he's the right person and then the dirtbag doesn't, no, he's not really a dirtbag, I'm kidding, but, the, but he doesn't call or he stands you up or whatever and you think, oh, just give him another chance. No, no, that was your sign. <laughs> you see him laughing with some, some other woman and his hands are, are around that to your sign. So every, every, we're getting so many signs but we ignore them. So that was that was my sense of humour then. But that's they're definitely signs. It's like, you know, give me a sign that this is the right person. They do something really shitty and you're like, um, can I have a sign he's the right person? <laughs> <laughs> I just want to ignore that. The same happens with money. So the universe might, somebody might drop off a box of stuff for you. Who cares whether it's brand new or secondhand or whatever it might be. If you had to go and buy it, what would it be worth? Okay, that's the universe. Be grateful. You might pass on to somebody else, doesn't matter. But when we don't be grateful and be thankful for the things that we've got, it's really hard to be able to bring more in because we're just blocking off what's coming to us. That's right. Just by going, no, 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 it's okay. Don't worry about it. Yeah, 100%. So, well, it sounds like you're definitely uh, on the right path. And now that you've become this global ambassador for Inner Origin, how has this um, relationship impacted you and your family? Oh my gosh, <clears throat> incredibly um, in so many ways because one thing that sets um, in origin apart from so many other companies um, and I've researched lots of them because we always want to be able to find another way, add another stream of income, make a difference somehow. You know, you get to a point in your life where you want to leave a legacy. Inner origin is more about education um, and inspiration than yep. sending out 5,000 messages hoping someone's going to buy a product. You know, there's I've, you know, we've got over a hundred merchants on our platform, merchant suppliers on our platform, and they had pain, which led to purpose because they created a product that was clean, it was low tox, no tox, and it made a difference to the health or the wellness of someone in their family or themselves. Right? Even, you know, inside our platform, when you be when you come and join us, um, inside our platform. You've got a merchant supply call every single Sunday night. So a merchant gets on and shares all about the history of their product, what they and I talk or talk about epiphany bridges. So they talk about what pain they're in, what they did to get out of the pain, and how they turn that into a business. 
when someone is passionate about really being able to help other people not be in pain or discomfort or not have bad skin or whatever it may be, um, that that makes a really big difference, you know. So, you know, we've got people like Therese Kerr, you know, there's, um, you know, there's so many incredible brand ambassadors including yourself and um, Kirk and, um, you know, Dr. Charlie Teo. Um, now I've got a you got Therese Kerr, you got Pete Evans. Sometimes I say Pete and Therese Kerr, but they're definitely not married. They have no, definitely not. But next to each other on the photos. <laughs> David Avocado Wolf, like some people might say, he's you know he's um you know he's very controversial. And seriously, I just say if somebody makes you think different to the way you've been drummed for you know, generation after generation after generation, maybe just open up your ears a little bit. The universe is trying to give you more messages. That There are so many other ways. So um, one, I've got to really um, have the the gift to be able to really educate myself and really begin to educate my family and really connect into more people that are into wellness, yeah. to, that are into educating other people that can come be a part of our platform as well and use what's on our platform. You know, I've got my boys are just incredible, but I've got four boys so I've got twins, one of them, and so the twins are probably five foot four. They're probably, probably taller than me now. Um, and wow. one of them, one of them, and, you know. How tall is that though? Um, well, probably 164 centimetres, would it be? That's, yeah, five, five. Yeah. So, um, so. That's how tall I am. That's why I know. Yeah. So I'm six, three. So they're, t- <laughs> they're like, we're taller than you. I'm like, shush. <laughs> Don't speak to me anymore. So that's um, not 164 centimetres. <clears throat> No, so um, but so oh, so no, wow. it wouldn't be. That's uh, two hundred and like two hundred and sixty centimeters. Yeah, so anyway. so Lane, here's something Wait, that I really need you. You have I've a been, long reach. No I've wonder that woman didn't want to fight you. <laughs> anyway, I've been, I've, I've been hitting the head for living. Numbers and I don't always work. Yeah. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Oh my gosh! Let you off that one. <laughs> But seriously, so Jai, um, one of my twins, he was like, he was hitting 122, 123, 124 to 125 kilos at the age of like 12. Wow. And it didn't matter. People would say to me, you need to make wow. him run. Don't feed him that. Go to get him this. And it didn't matter what I did. It Like he would lose a little bit of weight and they would just come back on even worse. And it wasn't until um, like I started really listening to Therese Kerr and researching a lot more and becoming so much more dedicated to understanding the whole chemical toxicity. This kid has been in and out of hospital since he was really young um, with really bad asthma, like couldn't breathe, you know, and I didn't understand what the steroids was were doing to him at the time, but I kind of have a pretty good picture now. Yeah, and not to mention my body as an athlete, when someone said, hey, this is going to make you fitter, fitter, faster, stronger, which was my passion, just to be fitter, faster, stronger than any woman out there. So I used to only train against men. I'd go into a um, like one of the nutrition shops and they would say, you need this, 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 and this. And I, but at the start of the day, you'd start with like 20 capsules or pills or whatever because something's going to make you um, recover quicker. Like I never researched any of it. And the amount of chemicals that would have been in my body that I've passed on to my kids through giving birth has been incredible, right? But the more I understand it, um, you know, Jai has been on really simple things. I couldn't get him on any other pre and probiotic. He wouldn't touch it. Now he's on a pre pre and probiotic, which is a whole food um, pre and probiotic. There's no synthetics in it at all from our platform. So he weighed in at 90, I think it was 95 last week. Wow, congratulations. And when you put it, I know, when you put a tape measure around him and he's just getting smaller and smaller and smaller and you just like I start to cry, he's crying and all he wants to be is just this strong kid. And you know, now I'm working with another incredible naturopath who's about to come onto, possibly come onto our platform as well and really share. You know, he was another kid that went through the same thing and he's seen so many other young boys going through this whole chemical toxicity. But so I've got Jai, then I've got Cruz, who's my other twin. So he's um, what they call on the spectrum when you when you look at different personality styles now i've got a little boy with down syndrome and another one who's regarded as on the spectrum right now how does that happen with four kids if if there's not chemical (laughs) yeah so you know even even tyler with his um you know he would go from if something touches him he's got to run back and touch it doesn't matter if it's a curtain like there's so many things that go on you know i've gone from him going from really calm to all of a sudden he's just about to punch somebody to pieces usually one of his brothers like you know draw blood to you know just simple pre and probiotic one thing i changed decided to take some of the things out of his diet and he's a whole different kid 
Right? Wow. It takes him a lot to get angry now. He'll rather put his hand, fingers in his ears and go la, 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 la and repeat <laughs> a word over and over. That's much better than punching someone in the face, right? Totally. But, yeah, especially you know, when, <laughs> when his role model did exactly that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway, monkey see, monkey wonder. do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> so, can, but it just, can I? Oh, sorry, go on. Yeah, no, you go. <laughs> no, <laughs> I um, I'm just conscious of time. We've almost been speaking for an hour now, so I um, before we make all of our listeners' ears bleed, I would like to end this. Uh, it's been such an inspiring uh, and empowering chat. I've really loved every minute of it. So thank you for sharing your time with us today. One, I have one last question for you. Go. Are you ready? Are you ready? No. Uh, yeah, don't worry, it's not going to be as controversial as the first one. Um, I was going to say, actually... I wasn't ready for your first one. <laughs> what do you look like naked? No, I want to ask you. Absolutely like... stunning. <laughs> Visualisation, baby. <laughs> I am love. I am love. I am power. I am love. No, um, if you can go back in time and give your 18-year-old self some wisdom, especially around health and wellness, what would that be? Do the research. Well, I would now that really... we don't have Encyclopedia Britannica, and we actually have yeah. Google. I would, you know, we've there's so much available to us right now. But I would say, um, just really understand what was already put on this planet before. You know, we started to man make so many things. Really start to understand what is toxic and what's not toxic. Like, really, you're an intelligent person. So go and do your research because everything, you know, who was to know the amount of makeup and stuff you, we put on our skin, the perfumes we sprayed, like what damage that was doing to our own bodies and then getting passed on to our kids. And so for me, it's, um, you know, really if something, oh, here's something that I would probably really say, if something f- makes you feel light and feels good, then do that. If it doesn't, then don't, you know. Even when you look at something as simple as makeup, most of the time we'd put the makeup on it feel thick and yuck and horrible, you know, whereas now I put makeup on it feels light and fresh and airy because I'm using clean products. So, you know, just, just be in that space. If something doesn't feel right, then it's not right. But just understand that everything that is getting sold to you isn't always the truth. Like there's so many things out there that are just, you know, they're they're blanketed by words to make you buy something. And, you know, I my son said the same thing that I used to say for years. If it's on the shelf, it must be fine because they're selling it to us in broad daylight in the public eye. How could it not be good for your body or how could it not be good for you, right? And then when you mum and dad used to give them. Manipulated. Um, my mum and dad all the time would be like, that, that's not even organic. Like you're buying this stuff and it's not organic. And I'd be like, I would think, oh, they're just being cheapskates, you know. They, they just don't yeah. want me to spend money. No, they were completely truthful. And my parents have even been on one of our Inner Origin webinars and they've listened. And my mum says, thank goodness somebody that finally listens and knows what's going on in the world. Like she loves it. you know. And I think one of the biggest things I want really want people to be aware of the amount of brand ambassadors. Now we've, you know, we've just signed Roy Jones Jr. from the US. Now he is the best pound for pound boxer in the world. Muhammad Ali is definitely the best heavyweight. But when you look up pound for pound, Roy Jones Jr. won world titles from middleweight all the way through to heavyweight. Uh, he was incredible. He took out so many different um, divisions. But, you know, there's so many men that are stepping up as, as brand ambassadors for in origin because they believe there's got to be a better way. When you start learning statistics, you know, about boys and men and testosterone and all that kind of stuff because when I look at Jai, my my boy, his body is making enough testosterone or enough human growth hormone for a girl's body to function properly, let alone a boy's body. So <laughs> he's making enough for his brother. No, he's he's not he's not making any. Oh, he's, not making, he's not making enough for a girl's body oh, to function. Oh, I thought you said he's making enough. Oh, he's no, not making enough. No. So when, when oh, they wow. say to me, make him run, make him train, feed him less, I'm like, it's much deeper. Oh, so to, uh, yeah. to understand that now and I kind of look at him and go, my gosh, these are all the things that are now going to increase human growth hormone in a natural way, you yes. know, and then we've got to, how do we, so he's making excessive amounts of estrogen. So it doesn't matter what I try to get him to do. So when I see so many men step up into that space to say, no, people need to understand 
more about chemical toxicity and what it's doing to our bodies. Um, you know, so that's the, that's and one Therese of the things. Therese that- Kerr is on the front line of that. I must admit that when the first time I heard Therese speak at the the uh, wellness expo that In Origin put on many years ago, and she talked about chemical toxicity and especially perfumes, I actually threw out all my perfumes the next day and stopped using them and started yep. using essential oils. And yesterday I surfed past a guy that had obviously put on a little bit too much cologne and it was pouring out of his skins in, in the water. And I paddled as I surfed past him. I, I was coughed, I caught a whiff of it and I actually out loud went, oh, like I just feel like I've been poisoned. <laughs> It's such a different, and I used to buy oh. perfume all the time too because it's what we thought would make us smell amazing, yeah, make you feel yeah. sensual and beautiful. Yeah, but it actually it's poisoning you and everyone around you as well. Yeah, 100%. So even for people, so if, I, if there's something I could say to the entire audience right now, Lane, like one, I love having the time to chat with you and laugh with you and I look forward to getting to spend more time around you. But for if, you, if you're listening, whether you want to start a business or you don't want to start a business or you just want to know more information, please get in touch with one of us or look up Inner Origin, get yourself onto a, one of the webinars and listen to the information because you can't undo what you know. Right, you can say I don't know what I don't know, and just kind of flutter along and just keep doing the same old things. You know, I've got people that I've spoken to that have got daughters that are shoving makeup all over their faces, and they're spraying themselves with this sort of three dollar deodorant and perfumes. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you have no idea what damage they're doing to their body, and I didn't know either. But just do yourself a favor, get onto a webinar and take a listen. If you haven't heard Therese Kerr, get onto her Facebook on her Facebook page or her page, or reach out to Lane, myself, anyone. Like seriously, it's I, I, we don't care where anybody ends up. We just want people to be educated because we've been lied to and tricked for so long exactly it's crazy 100 percent. sharon you are a champion in the ring and in life it's been such a treat speaking with you today thank you so much for sharing your insights and your knowledge and your humor with us and i look forward to seeing how you set the world or continue to set the world on fire thank you Thanks Thank you so much. And just so everyone does know, Lane, I am such a big fan of yours in <laughs> oh. and outside of the water as well. You've just, you're just such an incredible woman. You're such an incredible soul and human being. And thank you for the impact that you've made for so many years and that you continue to make. It's awesome. Oh, thank you. I love mutual so admiration much love. society. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. All right. Thanks, Sharon. Have a great no day. Worries. Each week, Lane Beachley, seven times world surfing champion, is going to bring a new podcast to you, getting inside the mind of champions and finding out exactly what makes them tick. Exclusively brought to you by Inner Origin, your ultimate online wellness marketplace.